What's going on, everyone? Philly Insider Podcast here. It's me, Hunter Doyle, with Sanjay George at the top here and Ian Baldwin down at the bottom. Emergency podcast right now. Doug Peterson had a meeting with oh, February today. Oh. <laughs> we did not expect anything to happen. At least I didn't. Even the I, boot. Yeah, he he is fired. Doug Peterson has been fired after being a Super Bowl winning coach just three years ago. He's gone. Pretty wild we're, we're, we're where we are, but Jeffrey Lurie has, to me, has chosen Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. So, you know, we still got a lot of issues fixed this offseason, but this is, this is a, huge, this is a yeah. huge deal, though. This is major news. I knew there was going to be a meeting today. Honestly, me and Sanjay were planning on doing a pod tonight just to talk about things because we thought – he probably won't. Well, I, I don't know. Sanjay thought there was a chance. He gave more of a chance than I did. I thought it was just all hearsay. I thought it, they were just going to basically do like nothing. No news was going to come out today. It was just going to be nothing. And then we we're just going to be talking about what the coaching reparations were. But I got something to get off my chest first. I put this in the group chat earlier. The coaches that Doug Peterson suggested to Jeffrey Lurie that caused the second meeting. <laughs> This man, this man wanted to promote Press Taylor to offensive coordinator. The offense has regressed every single time Press Taylor has been promoted. Not only that, he wanted to promote Andrew Briner to the quarterbacks coach who has been here for one year as the pass game coordinator. And the pass game was terrible this year. Not good. He was at Mississippi State a year ago as the quarterbacks coach. Then he wanted to promote Matt Burke, the defensive line coach, the defensive coordinator, the guy who was Adam Gates' defensive coordinator and was consistently ranked bottom of the league in almost every defensive stat in both of his years in Miami. To top it all off, his last coaching suggestion was Corey Undlin, who was the Eagles' ex-defensive backs coach and his Lions defense ranked last in the league this year. I'm just at a loss for words right now. As you can tell, I am fired up. I was just taking laps around my basement because I was so happy after hearing that (laughs) and hearing that he finally got canned. Because that's kind of what happened last year. Guys got promoted instead of – he doesn't have connections around the league, so he promotes guys within rather than bringing guys from across the league. So I gave my little spiel there. So, (laughs) guys, feel free to hop in and just give your thoughts on the whole situation right now. And I want you to go last. Let me just lead real quick on this. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I have a lot to say. Dude, right now, so first I, I want to say, you, you want to know why I said, Hunter, why I said yesterday that there could be a chance for this? I'll tell you why. Because you don't call a second meeting for nothing. A first meeting is just a technicality. That's just something you do to get it out of the way. It's, you know, courtesy, whatever, like it's standard procedure. A second meeting, a second meeting. It's like when you go to an interview, if you get one call back, that's one thing. If you get a second, that means you know they're thinking about you. That means you know, hey, maybe this, maybe I'm getting this one. This case, not a good thing. <laughs> second callback when you already have a job typically means you're probably not going to keep that job. And sure enough, we see this man out here. And I'll say this. Stupid always proves stupid at the end of the day. Always at the end of the day, it proves itself. We were so worried about Doug. If Doug had just kept his mouth shut, if he just kept his mouth shut, he probably would still have our, his coaching job with us right now. But instead, 
he had to make every boneheaded recommendation that you just said, and he got himself out of here, out of here. He's gone. So you know what? I'm happy. I'm at peace. It depends on who we hire as a head coach too. Cause just like when the Sixers ousted, what's his face? I already forgot. It was so traumatic. Oh, Doug Collins. No, the other one, Brett Brown. When they ousted Brown, before we brought in Doc, there was a brief room where people were saying, hey, maybe we'll pick up Ty Lue. And I was very against that. I was very, very against that. So we got to see who the replacement he's going to fill it in with is too. But I hope Louie will realize the mistake he made with keeping Doug on this long, and that he'll hopefully look for someone who's willing to play more to the team's actual strength. And yeah, that's my piece. Ian, Ian, I think we've all been waiting for this. Well, Sanjay, let me first say how poetic that was. When you said stupid, just proves stupid. <laughs> uh, that was just so beautiful to me because you were so right. And I was, you literally took the words out of my mouth. When you already have a job and you have that second meeting. I, I was talking to my brother this morning and we, I was like, I, I have high hopes that Doug gets fired. And for me, if you know me, I'm usually kind of a pessimist when viewing things that benefit me. Um, so for me, yeah, like I was like, oh, even though the Browns were up like 30 to 35 to seven at the half, I was like, yeah, the Browns got a 50-50 shot. I'm feeling pretty good. But like I thought this morning when I woke up, I was like, all right, it's 50-50, Doug gets fired. But I think that – because here's what I thought the meeting was going to be. I thought it was going to be, they were going to go over personnel and Jeff was pretty much going to say, Hey Doug, you are hiring an offensive coordinator. And these are the people that I want. I want North Turner. I want Jim Caldwell. I want Dan Orlovsky. One of those guys. And I'm just, I just listed names. I don't know if that was who Jeff would have wanted. I'm just saying names. But I'm saying, like, literally, he would give Doug a list, put him on a tight leash, and saying, these are your guys, pick your favorite, those are the people, you're hiring one of these people. Or, he was going to get fired. And when Hunter told me that list, I think this is just me speculating, and if it comes out, I want to kind of celebrate a little bit, saying, I, as Skip Bayless would say, as I first guessed it. But I think what happened was I think Lurie saw that list. Because I really do think that Doug was going to stay. But I think Lurie saw those recommendations. He saw that he was going to press Taylor to an OC when he already forced the regression, massive regression, of Carson Wentz. I think he saw who he was bringing in as a defensive coordinator. I think he saw who he was bringing in and promoting as the, uh, what was it, the QB analyst or passing game analyst or something like that. Some, some, at this point. Yeah, the titles, I don't know. The names, I do, and they keep me up at night. And when I think – I think when Lurie saw that list, he thought, this guy cannot run a team. Because – and here's why. I think Doug wanted to promote Press Taylor because he wanted another puppet. Doug, Doug really wanted Doug's offense. And I think ever since that Super Bowl run, Doug's head, like, got so swollen it just popped. I really do. There is no doubt in my mind that his ego got so massive and he wanted hit things his way. And I think him by him promoting press Taylor, I think he was basically saying, all right, there's a name and there's a title, but I'm still the guy running the offense. 
I'm still the guy calling plays. I'm still the guy drawing up plays. Now, with all that being said, I am over the moon. I want us to, well, we can, we can go over who we want later, but um, point being, and I just want to wrap up with this. I hope and pray that we do, because Doug was only like, he was 60% of the problem, but Howie is still a very major part of the problem. He, he just went up from like 40% to 50% now. Howie needs to go. That is an absolute. The only thing, and this is what I will also say, we have Dorsey right now. Now, granted, he can leave to go for a better job, but for right now, we have him. And I am praying that these rumors about him and the enemy being a package deal are true. And what I hope is that either Howie gets fired and Dorsey just takes over because as we've clearly seen from the Browns' success, look, yeah, they have a great team and yeah, they have a different GM now. But if you really go back and you trace those picks and you trace those contracts back, that was the team that Dorsey built. Even the Chiefs, there are a lot of Dorsey fingerprints on that team. I am a massive advocate for John Dorsey. So I'm hoping that Howie gets fired and he and Dorsey is just the new GM and we hire the enemy and life is perfect and we are saved. But I'm also hoping that, that if that doesn't happen, Dorsey gets a fat promotion, gets a fat salary paid like a GM and how he has no say in personnel and he is a glorified accountant. That's, that's my hope. We'll see what happens, but I think I'm still nervous. I will not breathe easy until Howie either loses all control of personnel or he is out the door. And that's the only way I will feel safe. And I'm sorry I went really long on that, but that's that's my my two cents for what they're worth. No, you're good. We enjoyed hearing it, man. I mean, there's a lot, there's kind of a lot to unpack with this whole situation because you're right, it is not just Doug. I mean, it's a combination of one poor coaching, which is a recent one of the reasons Doug got fired, obviously. Um, poor coaching and poor play calling, right? But it's also a combination of not bringing in the guys that that hmm. should be brought in too. Um, you know, like like Jay Jaw, like I always talk about this. Like, was Jay Jaw the right like the poor guy? He was not. He was not supposed to be picked in the second round. That was a terrible pick. <laughs> two, he was also poorly coached and poorly utilized too. So it's like a combination of the whole organization being a mess. And with that said, I want to ask you guys. Do you think a lot of head coaches are going to be like, or potential head coaches are going to be interested in this job at all? Because it really is like a big mess right now. Like, I, I think if there's a coach who's considering our job and another job, he's like, all right, I've got a GM who I, I don't know what he's doing in Philadelphia. Um, unless, obviously, like you said, even unless that changes over the next course, course of the couple next week or whatever. Um, I've got a GM who doesn't know what he's doing at the time. I've got a quarterback controversy on my hands and I've got a bunch of pieces here that, I don't even know what, what, like how they're going to be utilized or, um, or anything like, like there's so, there's so many things to figure out right now. So do you guys think that people are going to be interested in this job or no? I'll go for, I'll go first on this one. Yeah, go for so it. So to me, I think there are reasons for one. I'll say the QB controversy can be solved real fast. This is cruel and it's hard to say considering what we spent on him. But at this point, if you can get any kind of decent compensation for him, and I mean decent, like you have to get some good compensation for him because Hertz has proved by now that he is a more than valuable, like 
he can at least play solid minutes as a starter. He might not be top half of the league, but he can play solid minutes. So with that, you have to at least see you can get decent compensation for him. Maybe try to trade him. I don't know what team would take him. That's another interesting thing. You can't really move Carson, but I think you can definitely try to establish that this is still Carson's team. I think QB controversy can be solved fairly quickly as long as the coach commits fast. If the new coach holds off for a little bit and he tries to like just kind of ease his way into it, that's one thing. And I'll say this, Carson better be fighting for his job too. With Doug being fired, like you said, Ian, who no, was it Ian who said that? No, Hunter, it was you who said. Laurie ch- kind of like subliminally chose Carson over Doug. Yeah. Carson better be fighting for his job right now. I don't want to hear anything about no, he's looking for an easy trade out or anything if he still wants to play for this team. If he still wants to play for this team, he's got to get up and fight for his job now. Because whoever the new coach is, he's not going to have a bias towards Hertz or Carson. He's going to have a bias towards whoever's going to help him win the most games, who shows out in camp, who's, pr- who's showing off more in the film room, all of that. So to me, Carson's got to start fighting for his job again. Hopefully we'll see that. Outside of that, reasons to take the job outside of the QB controversy. I'll say this. Howie Ian, like you mentioned, he might not be the best. He's definitely not the best with personnel. But when it comes to working deals for players, he is a wizard. And with the salary cap situation, the next few years, especially with COVID hitting the pandemic, that salary cap, I mean, people got to work some magic with that, you know? And, you know, I called him Howie Potter as a joke before his whole like nightmare of like drafting personnel but he he has always been a wizard with deals he will continue to be a wizard with deals i can almost completely rely on him to figure things out and in this age going forward where the salary cap is probably going to go down for the first time in a long time you need somebody like him who can help manipulate things get players to restructure contracts like that is something i think to be treasured about howie throughout this whole thing if there is one positive to be left about him And lastly, my main reason I'd say for taking this job is that you're in the NFC East. If you want to look good as a coach, rack up some wins. And mind you, with the way this division is, next next year, every team could be above 500 somehow because that's just how things freaking are now. But if you want to rack up wins, you can go to the NFC, get yourself almost guaranteed a playoff game if you really think you're like that. And then... You can go up from there. And I'm sure there are plenty of people willing to prove their name. We've seen like nameless guys come out of the woodwork and show off what they got with smaller markets. See Sean McDermott at Buffalo, Matt Nagy at the bears is probably a bad example right now. So we'll leave that out. But like trying to think of other guys, Frank Reich went to Indianapolis case in point. Like sometimes newcomers who really want to prove themselves, go to those smaller markets to get themselves started out. So, you know, maybe, All right. Um, and Philadelphia Hunter, is not a smaller go, market. Or? Sorry. I should also preface that. We are one of the biggest markets in this country. You can go in. All right. So, Sanjay, I respectfully – I both agree and disagree. So, I agree with your reason that QB controversy can be solved quickly. Um, but with that being said, I think there is kind of an asterisk. I think when you have a big name QB, I think you need to get rid of one of them in order for the other to really and truly succeed. Because, especially in a case like with Carson Wentz, I think it's not, I think, I know it is safe to say that Carson is one of, you know, 
he is the most unique situation ever with a quarterback controversy. He literally sat on the bench, granted he was injured, while watching the other guy win a Super Bowl. That is not an easy thing to get over. And then they finally get rid of that guy, right? And in a market like Philly, where if you screw up even just one time, they already call for the backup. In a market, I think you need to take into account the market. And Philly is a place where if you screw up even once and you have a big-name backup, you, they are already, the fans are calling for your head and you just have so much added pressure and stress that is unnecessary. I think it's bad for Jalen if Carson is the backup, and I think it's bad for Carson if Jalen is the backup. I think you are hinder, you are holding both of them back if one is the, if you're keeping both of them here, and either if either is the starter, either one's getting held back because if Jalen plays bad, by the way, like not many people are mentioning those last couple of games that Jalen played, he did not play well at all. So the fact that you know Jalen is holding you back. And like I think you know, car, you know. So if James, yeah, what you mean? It's very catch twenty two that yeah, either of them, that, whoever starts, is going to be haunted by the other behind them. Exactly, and I think that you need to get rid of one of them. I and this is my belief, and I will admit I have bias because I'm a Carson guy, and I believe that you have to keep Carson. In my opinion, you're paying him one. Like, you're already paying him a ton. And I'm sure that, yes, you can probably restructure his contract. Uh, I think that he is a guy that can negotiate, a guy who is willing to do what's better for the team. I think he's a humble guy. And I think, honestly, if you asked him, hey, look, we're going to trade Jalen. You're going to be the starter. This is your team. And we apologize for what we did to you. I think he'd be more than – I'm not even kidding. I think he'd be willing How to – I would never do that in a bajillion years, and you know that. No, I'm just saying hypothetically. I know he Magic. wouldn't, but I'm saying I think if that were to happen, knowing Carson, I think he would 100% renegotiate his contract. Two, I think that there – not I think. There have been reports recently, and you can look them up, from anonymous NFL executives in both the NFC and the AFC. They have all said, and there was one that was even quoted anonymously, of course, but still one even quoted as saying it would be a huge mistake for the Eagles to move on from Carson Wentz. And I completely agree. I think I know, you know, I go check out Hunter's and my Wentz video for the, our reasons, that was a good one. but I legitimately think you, when you, Wentz is at his best, you, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, you have the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not joking. I am being 100% serious. I think you have the best QB in the NFL when Wentz is, when Carson Wentz is at his best. But that aside, I think a head coach will want to come here because Philadelphia is a big market. And like you said, Sanjay, it is a crappy division. It is a terrible division. And I think you have enough pieces to where, yeah, like, I mean, our, I think that is the biggest thing we have going for us is how terrible our division is. And we have so many pieces that, yeah, they're kind of like misshapen and they're not really managed correctly. And they're kind of just stuffed together and they're not really 
you know, I, I don't even know. We have all the Lego at. pieces, but we're not building anything out here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in this division, that's enough to win, like, which is kind of sad that it's enough to win. But still, I think you can win. I think Philly's a big market. So if you even, heck, if you even turn this ship around, you're going to look like a god amongst men. I mean, really. And then also not to mention the fact that the Eagles historically usually a pretty well-run organization. I mean, for the, for the most part, I mean, under Jeff Lurie, I mean, you look at our coaching pedigree, Andy Reed speaks for himself and say what you will about chip, but he did, he did dang good while he was here. And Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, I think the pedigree looks good. I think, Lurry, I mean, there. I don't think there's been a single person, aside from Chip, because he's just kind of a bonehead, who has set, who has not talked phenomenally about what a great owner Lurry is. And I think coaches really, really find that very desirable. And again, I would argue Carson and Jalen, both very coachable QBs. Now, granted, what you want to do with them is up to you. But both very coachable QBs, both very likable guys. And I don't think Carson will want to compete, nor do I think he should have to compete. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But my point being, I think Philly's very desirable because of Jeff Lurie and because of all the connections that Lurie has through Andy Reid. I mean, Andy and Jeff still love each other. I mean, they are still very 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 one respects the other so much and like there's so much mutual respect there i think if someone would just talk to because i'm sure if larry said hey call andy reed and ask him about this job i am sure as anything that coaches will want to come here i'm pretty sure we could we could have our pick um and i'm sorry i went really really long there on especially on the uh the quarterback controversy thing. But I, I think that Howie, Howie can stay here by himself. He can't, like he can't. Either he needs to go or he needs a new friend and has no control of personnel. Because honestly, I, I still think Carson doesn't trust him anymore. And that, that's all I'm going to say because I, I really took a while. All good, man. I, I want to read a tweet real quick. It says, this is from Thomas R. Peterson who does Breaking the Birds on YouTube. He tweets out, Management asked, this is kind of messed up too, asked Doug Peterson to tank the final game of the 2020 season and watched him take all the heat from the league. Then followed it up by firing him, but keep the GM who ultimately put this organization among the worst in the league. That is definitely, that is that is pretty messed up too. It, it, I'm sure if Doug yeah. was pushing for his job, that game probably would have been played differently. Um, I think we can all- Oh, absolutely. We got Dan in here now. Dan, just give us your initial reaction on the whole thing and, and just the news that came out that I personally did not expect today. Yeah, personally, I didn't expect it. Like, I guess the meeting must have been early and it was right after the meeting. They just let him know he was done for. Like, they, that's They, they that's did it right crazy. when the meeting started. Yeah. They are like, Doug, I don't, even, I don't even walk in. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is crazy to me. Um, I mean, look, I – Doug Peterson was probably not the right coach for this team. I mean, he got us to the Super Bowl and – there was plenty of things you could argue that helped them out, like Frank Reich and, you know, Jim Schwartz doing his best with what he had. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited that Doug Peterson was fired. I mean, this is something I did want to happen. Also want Howie gone, but that's probably not going to happen immediately. Um, 
So, I mean, this is, this is interesting uh, because you look at the, the head coaching jobs available across the league and we're, I would say we're one of the more desirable places to go. I mean, you, you look at Carson Wentz, there's plenty of execs that have said that they love Carson Wentz as a QB. Jalen Hurts, I mean, showing up and balling out while he's been out there. I mean, you have two very desirable QBs at the helm right now. And if you want to take this over as a head coach and look good, I mean, by all means, you're going to have plenty of young young talent, per se, with the wide receiver core we have right now. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think we're one of the more desirable locations for any head coach to go. Um, I don't know if you guys mentioned this or not, but uh, Rappaport said that uh, Mike Kafka, the Chiefs QB coach, is someone to look for because of the connection with Andy Reid. Yep. So that could be a possible name consideration there. Um, I mean, there's plenty of names we could throw out there, like the enemy is, of course, one of the ones that we've talked Joe about Brady. before. Yeah, Joe Brady. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just excited <laughs> that it's over now. I mean, it's interesting, though, uh, because I'm trying to remember, uh, I think it was listening to like WIP or something uh, for some reason or other. I just wanted to turn it on and hear what people were saying. And they were talking about coaches that were fired after a Super Bowl run. And um, I think the time span that they were fired was about either five or more years after they, the Super Bowl was done. It's only took three years for Doug to get fired and just absolutely ruin it. It's kind of crazy. So I, I'm excited to see where our team goes from here. I mean, like, like me and Hunter have said before, I mean, all of us have said this, uh, it's not going to be an instant fix. There's just no way that this team is going to be instant fix. There's so many holes in like all the contracts, the, the old veterans that we have that need to, you know, get signed to other places and hopefully not return. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing's going to be an instant fix, but hopefully we get someone that, you know, knows how to call plays and knows how to run a team, uh, and not get your team to dislike you. I mean, also, I'm glad I don't have to watch any Dougie P uh, press conferences oh. anymore because that dude, God. I cannot, oh. I cannot stand. Him Are you talking. implying Man, that he I is not the most him. articulate so defender of everything that. that is verbal combat? Dude, I, like, let me, let me tell you, like, right. like You're we're so talking right. about the worst, the worst tier of Philly coaches we've had to listen to as press conferences it's Brett Brown and then Dougie P's like right about there he is just a yeah, little Gabe, smidge Gabe below him right so right are you attacking these They're men pretty, who clearly yeah. are <laughs> masters of the verbal language I don't want to hear it no oh. I can't I am so glad we don't have to listen to that anymore Thank I mean God. I couldn't stand the dude like oh, he he would jump around on his questions so much and would avoid the question so much. And the dude didn't know how to form a sentence half the time when he was trying to get past the question. So oh my gosh, you're so I'm, right. I'm excited to get someone that hopefully is a leader um, and be able to actually <laughs> lead the team and talk to the press and know how to deal with Philly <sighs> media. That's, oh, that's what man. I got on my initial reaction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. So and right. It's, like, funny, it's oh. funny you mentioned that too, because I was actually listening to his most recent interview with Angelo Capaldi. Um, I was listening to him, and I'm just like, I just cannot do it anymore. Like, I'm, I'm 
I'm so done with this, man. Like, well, you know, Angela, right now, I just can't wait to get off this phone call. <laughs> I He acted like such a child this season. That was what made me the most annoyed. He yeah. just kept playing the blame game. Well, you know, Carson. Oh, you know, Press Taylor. Oh, you know. I mean, also the fact that last season you said Mike Grow is staying. And then, you know, the next day he's fired. Like, you freaking idiot. Mike Grow, man. Yeah. Oh. Wow. But um, I also, I, I mean, Dan, you kind of answered the second question we were talking about, too. So, I mean, props to you for kind of <laughs> just knowing off of that. Um, but yeah. um, <laughs> we were talking about, like, it, whether this, this job is going to be desirable for other head coaches. And I think you, you guys make a lot of good points. I think while it definitely looks like a complete mess and it's not a very desirable job, a coach could also look at this and be like, if I fix Carson Wentz, like this city is going to absolutely love me and I could look like like a pretty genius head coach right now, right? Yeah. If, if I run the ball with Miles Sanders, I will win over the whole fan base. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> if he runs the ball more than 13 times, I'm writing him a Valentine That's for crying so out loud. <laughs> for real. But like my, my point being like there is talent here, I think. And while I don't think we have gotten the best talent we could have gotten in free agency and the draft, I do think that a new coach could definitely utilize that talent to, to his advantage and probably make us look like a really good team. Um, like Dan yeah. said, it's not going to be an instant fix, but I do think possibly next year you could see a potential turnaround with this team. I don't know if we're going to go over 500, but um, it might be a step in the right direction, but we also have that defensive coordinator spot to fill and a lot of other things to figure out. But that was pretty much all I had planned. I just wanted to get your guys' initial reactions to this and talk about it. I don't know if you, if you guys had anything else you want to go over. Um, no, I mean, there's also another interesting take. I think, uh, Hunter, you said this about Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that could be an interesting hire for us as well. I mean, you, I you've seen him. Yeah, you've, you've seen him had success before. And I mean, the guy just hasn't gotten a fair shake at pretty much any place he's been to at this point. Uh, so hopefully, if we do consider people that he would be one up there, because he he's definitely a proven oh, yeah. Uh, head coach and he knows what he's doing he knows how to run a team so I, i'm yeah. hoping maybe we look at him uh and i don't i don't know who else we're gonna look at especially with the defensive corner dude i'm just gonna be open. happy for now we're yeah. gonna have a doug let's be yeah. happy for a second let's be happy yeah, at, let's at enjoy the point, happiness while we can yeah. yeah at this point i'm just happy he's gone man uh, I, I agree I, <laughs> yeah i would honestly love to see Dan, now you bring it up, like, wouldn't you just love to see – because for those who don't know, Dan Orlovsky is, like, his hero is Jim Caldwell. Wouldn't you just love to see Dan Orlovsky coaching Carson Wentz and Jim Caldwell? That is just, like, a match made in heaven to me. And it just puts the biggest smile on my face. If Dan Orlovsky, if you ever hear this, I'm, like, your biggest fan. I freaking love you. But I, oh, that would be so nice. My my, I'll, I'll just say this: my top hire choice is probably Joe Brady because I mean Sean Payton's offense is just it's beautiful. But um, yeah. Does anyone like have coaching suggestions? Anyone that they would want? No, yeah. I'm just too happy right now. I'll <laughs> Google them later. I think you well, you guys brought up most of the ones I'm excited about. Another one I really like is Brian Dabble. Um, and I was talking about this with Sanjay mm. today, the, the Bills head or not head coach, offensive coordinator who really turned Josh Allen, not turn him around, but like really got him going this year. 
they run a lot of 10 personnel, which is four wideouts, and they have mm. personnel do that. I do feel like with our speed at wide receiver, while I think they need to work on the route running, I do feel like that's something we could do with Hightower, Quez, Rager, and then, I don't know, insert another guy in there maybe. Um, Marquis Goodwin is uh, going to be opted in next season. There you go. So, like, even if we didn't draft a receiver, you still have four speedy guys there who would be good for that, like, 10 personnel type of look. I think, I think you know, you still need to get, like, a big body type of guy. Um, well, we do have Jay Jaws. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but my point no. is that's one I'm interested in. And no. other than that, I just wanted to also say, like, even though, like, we're really happy about Doug being fired, like, thank you to him for winning a Super Bowl, though. Right. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. This man, this man won the first Super Bowl we've this city ever experienced. And um, no one can ever say that. No one will ever be able to mm-hmm. say they did that. Just went very downhill from there. So while we appreciate him, right. we are not sad to see him go. Right. Yeah. Um, watch for watch for Doug to definitely coach the Jets next year. I think that's going to happen. I think he's going to. Doug him. coaches the D- Jets. Oh my gosh. D- no, Doug. Let me say this about Doug real quick. I do think that Doug is a can be a good coach. I mean, we saw what he did with Jalen, where he was literally rewrote the whole playbook for the kid, and it worked, and it worked nicely i mean beat the saints um i think doug can be a good head coach but i think that what happened was that super bowl success i think it got to his head and to be quite honest i think this is probably a humbling experience for him he's definitely getting another head coaching job he's a super bowl winning coach that's that's definitely you know non-negotiable he's definitely getting another head coaching job i I definitely think that I wouldn't be shocked if Doug is, does well somewhere else because he kind of had this this experience. He got humbled. Granted, I think that Super Bowl was – I mean, we see how the Colts are doing. I think it was a little more right than Doug. But I still think that Doug can be a good coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a little success somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think regardless of a lot of the rumors, I do think he's like a guy who can definitely rally the troops and get guys to believe mm. I, I think that's an underrated quality about Doug. But, yeah, that was, guys, that was all I had planned. Um, I just wanted to get our, our first reaction to the whole thing. This is crazy. Did not expect to be doing this today. But, yeah, yeah. that's all I had. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we will be covering the whole offseason. I mean, we'll probably do more reactions to breaking news and stuff like this. So, yeah, thank you guys again. Uh, run, booby, run. Fly, go, fly. <laughs> guys, later. See you.